Welcome back to Toys on Tap. This week's an incredible week with an artist we all know and love, Cool Cat Toy Co., or you may know him as Carolina Cool Cat. From his anchor fist to Sasquatch, he makes incredible figures. If you want more Toys on Tap, you can jump on all socials at Toys on Tap. If you want to support the show, you can like, follow, rate, review wherever you get podcasts. And if you want to jump on the Patreon and support the show, patreon.com slash Toys on Tap. Starting this year, we will have new content for Patreon subscribers only. So don't miss out. Now let's get to this episode of Toys on Tap. Dude, I'm so pumped to have you on. You're going to be the first interview for the new year. Awesome. I'm, I'm super excited for that. It's, it's awesome. I can't... Uh, yeah, we're like you're starting off 2024 strong because you've got some crazy good casts, crazy good figures, um, and so pumped to have you on. Also, you're the start of something special that we're doing in Toys on Tap in 2024. So we're doing our episode, and then you and I like we'll cut off at a certain point, but then there's gonna be like 30 minutes of just you and I talking that if they want access to, they gotta go somewhere else to get it. Gotcha. All right, so cool. yeah, you're the first one that we're doing that with. So, Sweet. Sweet. I'm honored, <laughs> dude. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Welcome to Toys on Tap. Uh, this is. I'm hoping that you've heard of Toys on Tap because we've Absolutely. for sure heard of you. <laughs> and, Who hasn't heard on, of Toys on Tap? I mean, ah, that's the hope. That's the hope. But I'm I'm so pumped to bring you on. You're an incredible toy maker, and it's taken far too long. Do you want to introduce yourself? And tell everyone what you do. Um, I'm Toy Cat too. <laughs> I'm Cool Cat Toyco, uh, formerly, but also Carolina Cool Cat. Um, I am also known as Grand Sami. I am from uh, Eastern North Carolina, and I've been doing this about shoot, uh, I'd say four years. You know, really got into it pandemic, like a lot of people. Yeah. Um. Use a lot of my stimulus money to buy resin and my <laughs> compressor and my pressure pot. And uh, so, yeah, I, I'm super stoked that I got into it. It's it's probably the one thing that I've enjoyed doing most of my life so far. <laughs> yeah, it's it's super sick. Um, and I'm I'm glad to be where I am. And the community is just freaking awesome. Yeah. Um it's it's really special um what i heard you say was that you use all your stimulus money to do this that means the government really helped you become a toy maker yeah they're not all bad (laughs) (laughs) dude uh, that's awesome a lot of us i started in the pandemic a lot of us did um and it, it was dope like i wish i had that much time to continue to do stuff uh, but it was cool to see the wave of toy artists that came in uh, in the middle of the pandemic. And uh, the hard part is like we all came in but didn't know each other. It wasn't like we started a cohort or anything. And yeah. so uh, that's the only bummer part. I wish we all would have known, oh, we're all going to start toys this month. But no one yeah. did. But, uh, hey, that's – I got to ask, Carolina Cool Cat, where, where's that name coming from? 
Um, I think originally when I started my Instagram account, the plan was was to feature my cats a lot more. Okay. Um, with sort of intersecting with with toys. Um, like I was gonna have like figures that I picked up. Like when I first started my account, it was just gonna be because I wasn't I wasn't making then. Mm-hmm. It was just gonna be um what I bought, you know, because I'm also a collector. Yeah. Like most of us are. And uh, slowly but surely, you know, I started seeing people making stuff with resin, and then I wanted to get into it, and um, I did. And then it, it slowly shifted to me not posting anything that I have bought anymore, and it's solely just what I've I've made and, and sometimes other uh, stuff that my friends have made and stuff like that. So um, then the reason I sort of changed it to Cool Cat Toy Co., Obviously, I make toys, um, and you know I didn't want to throw any people off with the Carolina, and they think it's. I had some people say that you know it's not really representative of what you do, and I it, I marinated on that for quite a while, so I just went with something memorable, catchy, and yeah. uh, stuff like that. So it's not yeah. memorable. I mean. My name is Yucko, so God, I hope that's not a name that like I live into. Dear God, um, that's dope. I I I think that like you happened upon a name that is dope, and you just kept it, and it's it's cool. We all know you by that name, um, and we know you by crazy figures. But before we get to like how good of a toy maker you are, or before we get into any of that collecting, walk me back. How old are you? When did you grow up? Was it like toy central for you? Was toys like everything? And then lead me up to the point in which you walked away from toys like all the worst people do. I did it and I hated walking away. Uh, I don't believe I have walked away. Nice, (laughs) nice. Um, I am 23. I am about to turn 24 in February. um, February 18th. It's funny, my dad, um, my dad's birthday is February 6th, so usually when we're at uh, a similar choir or whatever, my dad's having his birthday when we're in Asheville and everything. Anyway, um, man, toys, they go back since I can remember. I grew up in the, you know, I was born in 2000. Uh, you know, I'd say my childhood was from 2000 to 2012, you know. Um, before I started getting interested in like music and girls and shit like that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but, uh, yeah, I grew up with Lego. That was, that was a big thing for me growing up. Um, especially the time period. I mean, you had Lego Star Wars popping off with their early stuff. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So uh, you know, I I still love Lego. I just stopped getting into it because it's it takes up a lot of space. Yeah, and it, does. it takes a lot of time to dust and everything. Can so we most pause of my right there? Can yeah. we pause? How do you dust a Lego set? I have one. I don't dust it. It's got dust everywhere on it. I've seen people buy uh, like those really uh, fancy makeup brushes that have the really like uh, tiny yeah. bristles and just go over it that way. So, you know, those are crazy people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry to interrupt. Sorry. 
No, you're good. Um, but yeah, most of my collections up in uh, my parents' attic right now. Um, but yeah, uh, slowly, um, I started getting more. I mean, I also had other action figures. Like, I grew up with a lot of the uh, three-inch, you know, more modern, the modern, um, the vintage collection, Hasbro stuff. Um, always was into Transformers since I could ever remember. Um, but then I I started watching a lot of YouTube in my early tweens, teens, I, I found people like uh, Toy Pizza and uh, Toy Galaxy and uh, Pixel Dan, all those toy guys um, that talked a lot about the vintage stuff. Mm-hmm. And I got really, really interested in vintage toys. And so that sort of popped off my journey um, to collecting vintage stuff and learning about vintage toy lines to sort of catch up with the older guys who are also in the toy scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny. I've, I've been to certain uh, secondhand toy stores and, you know, local toy places. And I've, I've just started like, I'll be looking around and I'll just know the names of stuff. And I guess it's because my look and my age are like, dude, how do you know this? Like, <laughs> this came out like 40 years before you were born. Yeah, and I was like, I, I you know, you too. Yeah, <laughs> I started collecting Battle Beast. Um, I think mainly because of Toy Galaxy and his video about Battle Beast. When I found out they were connected to Transformers, I just loved that. I found my first one at a flea market, and I knew what it was. It was in a box of Hot Wheels, and the fact that I knew what it was and knew, you know, that the rubs, the rubs still worked and everything, and how you know valuable it is even though i'm not going to resell it uh that really i think drove in to my psyche that i i really like you know yeah. the history behind toys the art behind it and everything like that so that's really when it started um and it's it's never really stopped i i need to i need to probably stop sometimes nah. i need to save money <laughs> um but it's hard, you know, it's hard. Yeah. There's a lot of with you being um twenty-three or going on twenty-three, right? Going on twenty-three? Um going on twenty-four. Yeah. Twenty-four. Um, vintage kind of takes on a whole nother name or like a look for you. Um, you know, I, I was born in nineteen ninety and I kind of um I don't know. I I kind of think of like, man, I missed out on enter whatever right like i grew up with some of the best toys but i missed out on the 80s and the 70s growing up in the 2000s you've kind of grown up in a in a time where action figures are starting to decline the ones that exist may not be as great as or everyone thinks that like they had the great ones but like they might not be as good um what does it mean for vintage for you are you like are we talking 90s 80s 70s as we get older, it's, do we just include another decade? Yeah, I think as time passes on, it you know, yeah. you always start including. <laughs> and you feel <laughs> weird when you start considering things that you grew up with. And it is considered, you know, vintage. You know, yeah. stuff that I grew up with technically is considered vintage. But I'm like, I, I, I refuse to believe that. Right. But yeah, um, I, I agree with that. Yeah, um, I really think late 80s objectively has the best toys you could ask for yeah i mean if you go across the board they have them um and i think that 
is something to say that we have we still have these properties around to these day yeah to this day you know um so i think it's kind of hard to argue and say that you know the 80s you know 80 late 80s definitely had the best boys in my opinion um but i was i was talking to uh disgusting justin um, yeah because he's he's around my age about how i feel like people born in the early 2000s we're like the last people that grew up with toys, mm. you know, and really that was their childhood was toys because when I was getting on 10 years old, I was already on the internet. You know, yeah. I was at, I was on the internet in the Lego community at a very, very young age. Uh-oh. And that probably wasn't for the best. <laughs> Cause I, I learned some stuff probably too, too early in my life. But, yeah. um, it, yeah, I was talking to him, uh, less assembly required that i just feel like our generation or you know our our age group was the last uh people to sort of have a toy-centric childhood you know or that's what you asked for rather than you know an ipad i'm not trying yeah. to sound like a boomer um but <laughs> <laughs> um you know i wasn't I, I was still on the internet but i still had action figures and toys that i played with and yeah. was fascinated with and um you know, I'm not saying that all kids today are like that, but uh, or at least you know obsessed with iPads and stuff like that. But I see a lot of it, and um, the toy the toy aisles, you know, when I was growing up, completely different from what they are now. And yeah, you know, it's it's amazing to me when I go into a Target or Walmart and they're stocked. You know, so um, but like you know when I was a kid, those aisles were just full. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it's uh, it's I, I definitely think we were the last, um, or next to the last people to really grow up with a toy a, appreciation for toys and action figures. Yeah, what's crazy is it makes sense for millennials like born nineteen ninety, like it makes sense that we left toys because we had that's when game systems started coming out. It like. I remember being a teenager and getting a PS2 and like that rocked the world. That was unreal. Now it's a garbage system, but like that was the top and YouTube came out in 2004 when I was 14. So it was like, like I just remember looking at my cousin and being like, have you seen this? It was a stupid video. It was like, have you seen it? Um, That kind of stuff was so ridiculous. And so it makes sense that like, we left toys behind but for you to be born in like 2000 and still want toys that's crazy that's dope like you got something in you um as we like progress through your life um you're you're 23 so that means either done with school in the middle of school not doing school it's one of those i am i'm done with school i hope i never was interested in going to college Um, my parents are really chill they went to college um and they never pressured me uh they're really mvps for not doing that they're really supportive of what i do they they really like what i do they really like the community as well but uh no i i was homeschooled believe it or not (laughs) i think that's uh something that really um cultivated my creativity uh, was being homeschooled um, yeah. and not doing things by the book necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, my mom was my teacher and everything, and she tried to, you know, theme our studies into what we were interested in, you know. So I liked a lot of history and, and stuff like that because um, it would it would spark my imagination. <clears throat> and I think that that sort of goes to um, sort of what I lean to in my toys, you know, is a lot of uh, historical aesthetics. I don't know if that makes sense, but, you know, I got Anchor Fist. This is like my pretty much my mascot at this point, and he's a antique diver, you know, mm-hmm. and, old type diver and then I just made a a samurai and then a plague doctor and stuff like that. So now that I think about it, I do think, you know, my interest in history was uh might definitely be an inspiration for um you know the aesthetics of my toys. But uh yeah, I I was gonna go to the community college because I was dating a girl um a couple years ago and she really she knew what she wanted to do. She was already going through the community college and she was being very successful and that's great for her. But I didn't know what I wanted to do. It's like only thing I was mildly interested in was to go to, you know, uh, graphic design, but I'm yeah. not like super technical at all. I'm like physical stuff. I physically sculpt, you know, I only thing digitally I do on the regular is, you know, use procreate. Um, but I just I just wasn't vibing with it, and I'm I'm really an introvert with people that I don't really have stuff in common with, um, mm-hmm. and I'm just I don't think I was meant for college <laughs> or uh, higher education in that way. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I I'm definitely hoping to make this. Uh, this is my job right now because I'm still with my parents. Um, but uh we interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have an engine failure. We must crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my! We're doomed. Wait! Salvation! Hooray! We'll save the DOV2! Limited edition custom artist-made action figures and DKE toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures. DKE. I, I definitely want to be successful enough in my art and my my making to, you know, uh, support myself. Hell yeah. Stuff like that. Which is so, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's... Uh, I don't really have plans for anything like that right now. Um, you know, if I change my mind, I change my mind. But uh, okay. I don't. I don't see myself doing anything different than than what I'm doing um, right now, as far as art and yeah, making. Because I, I, this is the most um, stimulated and fulfilled I've felt probably in my life, and it's it's really it's really rad. Yeah, have a medium that you feel comfortable with and you enjoy doing at the same time. I mean, everybody gets uh, burnout, you know, if you do it too much. And I try not to do it too much. And, um, but yeah, I'm I'm super super thankful that I have this medium. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, as like we go, we're almost to the point where you start making toys. 
for about 2019-ish. Um, you said you love collecting Battle Beasts. You found something. So I love Street Sharks. Like, oh, yeah. it's one of my favorite things. I got a whole shelf down here. I got bootlegs, all of them. Um, and it's just like, th- that's what I grew up with. That's what I absolutely love. When I start and I interview and I do some research, I go back through people's Instagram and I kind of gather stuff. You found a Street Sharks muscle pack at five below in 2019. Help me understand how something that is like that old is at five below in 2019. It's it's actually not old. It's okay. It was Super 7, I think. Oh, I okay. had the license for them, so it was the it was the new licensed one. Okay. Um, but they were yeah, everybody was looking for them back then, and um, my local one because at the time I didn't have one in in the town next to me, but um, there's a one town over, and they had all the the new wrestling um licensed ones, and but everybody was after the street sharks, and they didn't have them for for like a while, and I went to a bunch of five belows all over Raleigh and Gary and, you know, in the cities near me and they didn't have them. And then I, one day I went back to the one near me and they had, them. <laughs> but yeah, those are, those are sick. I have them. I have like two little, um, shadow boxes, I guess you used to say that have a bunch of Keshi on them right above my, uh, my workstation. Um, yeah. But yeah still, Dude, I'm glad that you, you were able to give me some knowledge. Cause in my head, I thought you found Street Sharks at Five Below, and I was about to freak out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's dope. Um, you you have this uh, love for toys, and you start collecting, and you're running it all around. You're doing this kind of stuff. Um, how did you transition from collecting to then making? Like, what was the thing that kind of pushed you over, and then what was that first thing you started making? Um. I started, I think the first artist that I found that did resin at the time um, was Has No Talent. Yep. He does all the um, the Star Wars bootlegs and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that was the first person I followed back when I had a personal account. Um, and I was like, wow, th- what is this guy doing? I mean, obviously it's not legal, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's really badass. Um and I found out about resin, and I was like, I didn't even know what resin was. I'd never heard of it, um, you know. Uh, and I looked it up on um, YouTube, and I think one of the first videos I saw about casting was on um, Adam Savage's Tested. I think they were like, yeah, um, molding Luke's lightsaber, yep. and then they were going to recast that. And then that just like opened Pandora's box for me. <laughs> You know, um, you know, for better, for worse, you should, you could say, but, uh, then I, I think Craftsman started coming along in late 2018 and 2019. And he started talking about in depth how to mold toys. And that's mm-hmm. what I wanted to see was because I was already collecting and I'm the type of person that I'm into something like music or whatever i want to make something of my own to sort of go with that so when i started collecting more and more stuff i was like you know it'd be cool if i i made my own figure you know with these 
designs I have in my head and, you know, inspired by places I like to go and stuff. So, um, yeah, I definitely dove into Craftsman. I used to work at a coffee shop <laughs> and uh, I would just leave him on the TV. We were not busy at all at the coffee shop, so I would just leave him on the TV and in the background just be learning about resin and, yeah. and silicone and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, really Craftsman's like, I, I owe a lot to him. Um, because even, because all my stuff is glass compatible. Mm -hmm. He was like the first one to, um, really talk about how you could possibly make resin toys into glass stuff. And, um, he talked about, you know, I knew that I didn't want to really, uh, rigid resin because I knew that those were brittle and could snap and everything. So, um, his whole video about semi-rigid resins and, flexible resins and stuff like that um, really opened a lot of doors uh, for me because I really, at the time, I was really, I mean, I always loved Keshi, but I really wanted to make my own Keshi. Mm -hmm. And I figured that would be probably easiest to start out with something that's not articulated and everything. So I sculpted Anchorfist first, um, and I ended up using SRC's uh, Flexit 80 mm -hmm. um, from craftsman's video and that's that's a very nice keshi rubber but there's some downsides to it <laughs> um but that's that's really what i started off with um thanks to him was uh keshi and flexible resins and stuff like that now a lot more people are, are talking about it it's crazy yeah um yeah i think it, it looks like people are um, and I could be wrong, who knows, uh, but it looks like a lot of people are trying to figure out new ways to articulate things, and they're really trying to, like, expand and do all kinds of things. They're either settling on glios, pegs, they're doing something, because magnets, like, though they're great, they do come loose, they do, like, sometimes it doesn't work out the way you wanted. And they're uh, expensive. They're yeah, really expensive. yeah. I I always like I think about that that when I make figures if I do like a run of ten or fifteen like if it's four points of articulation that's eight magnets per figure gone and so if it's five I'm like knocking out sleeves of magnets every time I'm doing a figure and it's like it's so ridiculous but uh yeah, yeah. that's dope that you started figuring that out uh so you sculpted Anchor Fist. Uh, to make the Keshi, um, like dope first thing to go to Keshi. I wish I would have started with something like that. I like the feel of them. Um, why Anchor Fist? How did you even come up with something that is now so iconic and your mascot? Um, well, I tell everybody I'm a beach boy at heart. Okay. Um, I, that was anytime my family and I go on vacation, or we, especially when I was a kid. Um, we would go to the beach, and I mean, uh, I know I'm totally biased on this, but I think North Carolina has some of the most beautiful places on earth, um, especially on beaches, beach wise. That's crazy. Uh, I'm in San Diego, my guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like there's different beach vibes. Yeah, you know, if you want homey, you want more more nature vibes and stuff yeah. like that. But um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, you know, we started. I grew up going to Atlantic Beach um, in North Carolina, and I had some family that lives in Moorhead and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I, we always used to pier fish, and we we still do every now and then. Um, 
but uh yeah, you know just looking out in the ocean just like just seeing what what seems like it goes on forever you know you can't help but imagine what's down there you know and i've always been a fan of aquaman and um namor submariner um so i felt like i i wanted to have a character that represented my love for the coast and our our north carolina's coast itself is rich as hell with history. Like mm-hmm. we had the Wright brothers, we have Blackbeard, we had the Lost Colony, we have crazy amounts of history. Now we have UFOs and freaking aliens, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> popping up off the coast of the Outer Banks. But uh, yeah, it's just awesome, and I've always been interested in you know nautical stuff and the coast and stuff. And my parents, um, especially when I was younger, used to for homeschool trips for educational time um we would go to the local uh maritime museums and uh aquariums and stuff like that and <clears throat> there's this maritime museum in Beaufort North Carolina mm-hmm. um that has a bunch of you know in uh not really antique uh but you know artifacts from uh the past and i just remember there being this circular window um at the end of this like uh display or hall or whatever it was a circular window and it was darkly lit Mm -hmm. and it had one of the old divers in there and it was playing like ambient noise like ambient ocean noise and the breathing sound you know Mm -hmm. like a scuba breathing and that scared the shit out of me as a kid. <laughs> it's like I I th- I thought it was like a person, you know. Um and I was I was nervous <laughs> to even go up to the tank and look at it, but um that I think that really took its grips in me, uh the aesthetic at least, you know, just to see this person or something with a huge helmet that, you know, you can can't really see what's behind it. Um yeah. And the breathing is very almost like Darth Vader esque. Um, so I think I just all of that subconscious influence and fear and interest uh, amalgamated into Anchorfist, and I he's basically my representation of the joy and imagination and history of what I feel when I go to our coast. And yeah. Everything. And he's, it's a rad figure. It gives me vibes of like, obviously nautical, um, but like also some kind of like undead thing, like something like that. And then some kind of mutant, the fact that he's got an anchor on his arm like that, um, which that kind of stuff, I think the more that we get into like conspiracy theories and cryptids and all those things, like that fits that for me and that's dope so it's a cool it's like an awesome figure to watch it happen and to like it yeah i i uh my grandfather has the i don't know whatever that mask is that you that is on it and has the boots because he used to be an old school diver oh really Um, so if you ever get a chance to try just try to put them on like it is gnarly heavy yeah, it's mad heavy. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, I, it's just such a crazy. It's cool to see that in a toy. So you you, you make this and and you have it. 
and it's got to hit success immediately because you continue to make it and people love this figure so what's the the like the reception of this original figure and then what is that pushing you towards if you can remember back um well after the keshi you know when i first did my first keshi sale i think i had maybe 150 followers when okay. i first did that and um i didn't expect maybe four people to buy them but i sold all of them within i think two days and for me to to make those and then make more money that i would make at two days the coffee shop job i was working mm-hmm. um that really made me realize that i could do this yeah. <laughs> you know and i'm not saying i definitely i don't like when things are all about the money but you know if people are buying your stuff and you enjoy doing it i think you should do it rather yeah. than if possible work from somebody else you know yeah um and, and me being an introvert as well it has helped <laughs> me uh really discipline myself and really want to sit down and make stuff that i know that i could probably sell but uh yeah then i introduced um i think it was late 2020 when i made when i sculpted the flyosynchrophus the original one and um i had a small sale of that and at that time i was using a different resin which was good for what it was at the time but i really think um sometimes people might be not using the right resin because I was beating myself up about it. Cause I was like, I've done everything right yeah. with these molds. I have vented the hell out of this thing. I've even taken, you know, the brass tubing and stabbed through the, the mold to, to help it not catch bubbles. And then I realized I was like, Oh, well this resin I'm using is low key kind of shit because it's got, it's too thick. It's almost like honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm trying to put that in a mold that, you know, I have like at the time I had like five molds for him. Now I have twice as many because he's got all these different parts now. Um, and it had a quick cure time, yeah. like a quick clot life. And that was before I really started paying attention to the technical aspects of resin. You know, I knew what the hardness was of it, and I was like, oh, well, that's close to PVC. Let me use that. But I wasn't considering. You know how long it takes me to mix up the resin and get it in the mold, and also how thick it is. So that eventually led me to switch to smooth on. Sixty-one uh, D works like a dream. It's almost as thin as like you know milk when I put mm-hmm. it in the mold. Um, I still have problems <laughs> if I'm doing like a uh, double colored swirl or pour or whatever. Yeah, especially with with my samurai figure that have so many tiny molds i like have to like really get in there and i use syringes and everything but um yeah i once i started switching my material and i was able to make more and more without miscast um i really was like yeah this is this is some good stuff right here people are are really taking the anchor fist um he was my first and um you know, to have something that you really like aesthetically and then people uh, attach to it as well is really, really humbling and nice. And, and mm. not everybody has that luxury. And I try not to take it for granted. 
but I think that's part of the reason that I've just kept on adding to him and um, doing all these different mods and you know changing his boots and uh, recently had sculpted him a tank and now his head turns and everything. So yeah, I mean, um, I had I went to uh, my first assembly acquired um, in. 2021 and i think that was like my second release i did of Fist. Yeah. he sold out um within the first two of hours um unreal and for that to happen at my first in-person show i was stoked and I, you can ask the people that were around me i was probably annoying because i wasn't i wasn't on hindsight i probably did sound like i was bragging but i was more surprised <laughs> Yeah, I was like, guys, I sold out, and they were like, "That's great." <laughs> yeah, now get out um, of my booth. Yeah, yeah, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, when I sold out of those the first day, you know, um, I was, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna have to keep on doing this. You know, it's, yeah, this is this is a sign to me that maybe I'm on the right track with things, and um. That, like I said, that was my like second ever release, and then I, I think after similar required twenty one is when I changed my resin, and then that summer I was at a show in New York that my friend puts on, and I sold out again of all the ones that were so, off, and I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's crazy is the first three times that you've released figures, you sold out. So I. Like, I don't know if the world is trying to tell you or if you're not li- like, that's the dope figure. Like, do that. Um, that's so sick. So three times, three sellouts. Uh, also three different resins, right? So, uh, yeah. So you're like, which is also crazy. You're like figuring out new things along the way. And there's got to be someone out there that has all three. Oh, uh, you're talking about versions? Yeah, the first three. There's yeah, I have, there, right? I have a buddy. His name's Sean. Um, he had almost every version of Anchor Fist. So he's like has both the ones I brought to Sim Require 21 because I made I was making the sort of Bio Glow Swamp Thing version, yeah. like um, Glow Anchor Fist, and I I planned to bring five and. Three of them just ended up not working out, so I brought two. Okay. Um, so he has one of those two, which is, I guess you would say, ultra rare. Um, but yeah, like the first, I'd say five or six releases he has. He's like my biggest fan. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, something, uh, some things have gone on in his personal life right now, so he's not uh, really collecting. But um, you know, I miss him. Other than you know, I consider him a friend more than a customer um, yeah. because he supported me at such a young uh you know it's earlier is earlier on in my career you know mm. that you know you don't forget people that you know buy from you first and he was like one of the first people to buy one of my keshis too so you know shout out to sean which is unreal um, so make sure you never lose that friend because yeah <laughs> he's like not only is he collecting and he's dope to have around he is also holding your archive like he is holding exactly. everything you've created yeah. Yeah, um, and when I would have sales, um, you know, pretty much any sale, he would pick up at least two, okay. three figures. You know, he's a real big supporter, and you know, my family knows him by name now. 
Thursday night, 7 p.m. YouTube Live, it's Toys Alive! Toys Alive! Toys Alive! There's way cool artist unboxing. No Accounts under a thousand followers. What? Art out there for 30 bucks or less. Collector spotlight. Ooh, Current and upcoming shows and drops. Drop. Giveaways. What? Short chats with artists. News from the hood. 100% indie all the time. That's Toys Live. Toys Live. Thursday nights, 7 p.m. PST, YouTube Live. And I've met him twice at Simly Required, and he's just a, he's just a really really good dude that's awesome um, yeah I, I had some <laughs> at that the first uh similar required i had people uh messaging other people that were at the show to reserve an anchor fist form and at the time i was like yeah yeah that's cool and then i had other people coming up to the to the booth or to my my table and after i had sold out and you know i started thinking about it and i was like yeah, I really appreciate that people want to uh, secure one and they're interested enough that they get other people to come by and ask me if I could just hold one. So now I'm just like, I try to be as fair as possible. And I'm like, yeah. if these don't sell at the table, they don't sell, I'll put them on my website. But, you know, first come, first serve. I appreciate everybody's interest. Uh, but yeah, that's a similar required is uh, always a, an awesome time. Uh, yeah that's sick that's so sick that you've sold out that many so um you started experimenting along the way with other figures as well um two figures come to mind that i absolutely want to talk about uh your sasquatch figure like just (laughs) beautiful three it looks like a 375 figure is it it is um it is uh almost five inches almost five inches okay so he's dope he's he's a large dude unreal and then your newest one is it bushy koi is that you say it uh bushy koi yeah and it's phenomenal this like koi fish slash samurai figure that is unreal and what is like what pushed you to experiment Right. Oh, you got one right there. Let's see. Let's see that. Yeah. Here's oh. the here's the scale difference. Hold on. They're so sick. For the samurai, does his bottom half come off and switch with a, a fishtail? Yeah. Unreal. So his, his skirt his skirt piece is separate. Okay. His uh his armor his waist armor, and then his tail is separate. Oh. And it my just fits fits on top like that, and then you push him down. And of course, his arm falls off. But uh, <laughs> it was unreal. Yeah. Um, so sick. So this was in the way that I did it was inspired by my friend Jesse of um, Toy Pizza uh, mm-hmm. Nights and Slice. He's got a couple figures um, that have like uh, skirts or armor and stuff like that. So I sort of use that same idea and system on him. And you're holding up a piece that looks like resin, 3D resin. Like that's the color and the, but what is that? This is uh, the sixty-one D. Okay, because that looks uh, that I just this was my first test cast that I, I keep around. I usually keep around my first test cast. Dope, dope. Um, yeah. I I sculpt in um, uh, Aves or Aves or whatever uh-huh. a, a foxy clay. So that's okay. the original. 
Skulls right there. Unreal. Unreal. That's so sick. Um, so what pushes you with all the success that you're seeing with Anchor Fist and you have recently like you keep it looks like you keep updating Anchor Fist as a character um with different versions and i like uh you did something that i like a lot sometimes people go from like anchor they'll go from like anchor fist one to anchor fist two but yours is like one point <laughs> something and that's a good way to track it what yeah, pushes you i didn't want to i didn't want to just say anchor fist two because i didn't want to have anchor fist three because i knew yeah that there was other things i want to do to it so i was like this is just going to be like a floating sort of experimental yeah. time because i would really like to get um into manufacturing uh with uh, matt dowdy who does bios eventually i would not give up on resin because i love doing resin i love pouring resin yeah i love mixing up all these different colors i would not quit resin i would i think i would be more like healing made that i would have you know some production stuff but i would also do resin yeah um but yeah, um, I feel like Anchor Fist Two would definitely probably be a production piece, which is so, so sick. That's what I. When I sell my toys to people, I like to describe them as you know, these are the prototype mm-hmm. from, you know, what could possibly be, you know, this, uh, all these different versions are just like my sketch. It would be like my sketchbook, but you know, it's like 3D, you know, yeah. So that's why I haven't done just the straight up Anchor Fist 2, <laughs> yeah, which is sick. Now, when I sculpt new toys, I'm like thinking ahead all the time because I'm like, I don't want to have all these different versions, and people yeah. are getting pissed off at me for having all these different versions. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm constantly thinking, oh, I can do this, and that's I think that's what really took me so long with uh, Bushy Koi. Um, cause like the entire month of November, I was making him it was yeah. just cause I was constantly like, no, this will be better. This could work here. And yeah, that's, Which is that's sort of my process. Unreal. Unreal. <laughs> so you do that. And with that success, you start dabbling in other figures and it looks like you've got some other figures in there, but then you happen upon the Sasquatch figure. Um, five inches is a massive figure especially resin figure um tell me about the that figure um well he was my yeah he was my second um my second sculpt i think uh squash is i would say half uh bootleg half you know um kit batch you know Mm -hmm. because i used two pre-existing uh, one's a yeti and one's a sasquatch figures um and you can get them in like hobby lobby or something but what i did is just like cut those to pieces yeah and then i i uh used like his hands and everything and his arms and then i converted them to glios yeah and then his legs i actually extended his legs and made him taller than the original figures and his his body too, his torso and his legs are taller than the original figures, because um, I wanted him to have that sort of um, stature even over Anchorfist, because Anchorfist is sort of big, mm-hmm. and he still sort of towers over him. Yeah. Unreal. Um, so yeah, but I love the Kenner stories of how they um, took adventure people, uh, Tonka's. Fisher Price adventure people, <laughs> and 
pitched their Star Wars figures by, you know, uh, putting epoxy clay on Adventure People figures and then making those into Star Wars characters. So uh, that was really my philosophy going into Squash was yeah. if I had to, if I was like pitching this as a toy to somebody, um, you know, what would I do to make it sort of my own, but still use some of the aesthetics of the original toy. Yeah. And then um, an- another thing I love is uh, all the crazy details on Playmate toys, mm-hmm. especially from like uh, Toxic Crusaders and TMNT and stuff like that. So he's got all these like leaves and pine cones oh, and yeah. spider and everything on his back. So, uh, yeah. And now he has three different heads that you can switch out um, and everything. Um, I... I really, uh, I think the inspiration, I've always been <laughs> interested in Bigfoot and cryptids and stuff. There's um, there's even a uh, cryptozoology museum probably like 30, 45 minutes away from me in this small little town. Yeah, I haven't been there yet. I really want to. Um, but I think it was 2018, 2019 that I went on a family vacation to the mountains for the first time. Because <clears throat> all the rest of any vacation we had was always to the beach, you know. We always enjoyed it. And um, we went to Boone, North Carolina, which is where um, App State is and everything mm-hmm. like that. Um, and that was my first time actually really staying and being in the mountains. Just like <laughs> everywhere had something Sasquatch related to it yeah. or, or had a statue of one or sold a sticker their own stickers versions of it and everything so i think squash was sort of my answer to anchor fist and him being the coast you know anchor fist is the coast and then squash is all the way in our mountains you know yeah uh west and there's a lot of mysticism in in the mountains too there's the whole uh ground mountain lights and right near boone um that nobody really knows what they are, but they still pop up. And uh, there's so many theories about that. So I really have stories for my characters that not, I feel like um, people who aren't from North Carolina would enjoy too, just because we, we have such crazy stories and crazy history. Um, and I have all these stories in my head and I definitely would like to do something like a comic book for all these characters um but that takes a lot of time <laughs> yeah and i'm a very slow drawer but yeah sort of the same thing with anchor fist uh squash was um inspired by the mountains and the mysticism there because um in in my universe he's like a teleporter mm-hmm. and everything um that's how he gets away and stays out of you know people's sight and everything um so yeah that's uh that's the story behind him and um He's not had as many <laughs> updates as Anchor Fist, but like I said, he's got two new heads. And uh, I have some ideas of um, something I want to do. Is I, It's not a complete new sculpt, but it, I would say it would be like a sister figure. Um, okay. Not gender-wise, but uh, it would still use some parts from um, Squash okay. that I'm thinking about doing. I don't know if I'll have it uh, ready for assembly required, but um, I think it'd be a banger. Dope. Dude, yeah. that, and it's so sick. Um, you need to go to that cryptid zoology museum. 
Um, I'm from a town in California that has a cryptid. Uh, or see, I said that, and it, now I know that how stupid it's like. It has a cryptid, whatever that means. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, it's called the the Fresno Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, there's a little white, little white thing. It's it's pants. It's pants. Let's yeah, be it's honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it looks like um someone got drunk, put on a green screen suit, white pants over it, and went running. Just and that's running, yeah. yeah it's so funny to look at um i've never seen them i grew up in fresno until i was 19 i never saw one so who knows uh yeah. but that's dope and then you you moved on into this this figure of the samurai and it seems like as your figures go uh correct me if i'm wrong they're getting more and more complex so you got like anchor fist then you got a sasquatch with three heads and a possible sister figure now you got this samurai with the armor skirt that's like removable. The tail clicks. It was like, the, are you just pushing the boundaries? What's happening? The he's got his swords that I sculpted from scratch. Yeah, uh, Bush Koi's definitely been my most ambitious figure. Um, I did do Plague Doctor. Uh, yeah. For a sim, I think I yeah I um debuted him in a similar acquired uh, this year. Mm-hmm. And um, at, when I debuted him, he didn't have his glider because okay. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Free uh, Goblin and Hobgoblin and all those dudes with their gliders and everything. I always really liked the Plague Doctor aesthetic. I thought that was really sort of chilling and sort of like Anchor Fist. It has this sort of ambience to it. Um, so I really wanted to combine the Plague Doctor aesthetic with the Green Goblin, yeah, you know, glider and everything. Um, that the glider. For him was really difficult to sculpt. Uh, I'm really pleased with how it came out. Um, I, I just did some updates to him that I have to mold that should be ready for a similar required. But uh, yeah, um, I think more and more as I go on and I get more co- uh, confident with my skills and the technical aspects of Bang and just learning my materials because I'm still. Anytime I sit down and cast or sculpt or whatever, I'm still learning. You know, mm-hmm. if somebody tells you that they're done learning and they know it all, <laughs> I guarantee you they're a damn liar. But yeah, uh, yeah every, anytime I sit down, it's like, oh, well, that's that's good to know, especially, you know, casting. You know, something, something doesn't go right. I, thankfully, most of what I pull now are usable sculpts. Like, I'd say 90 five percent of everything that i pull out of my molds is usable but sometimes you know you just air catches somewhere and you're like either i didn't put that in the mold quick enough or i was squeezing too hard in the mold to get the bubbles out so it's it's very uh yeah it's you never know what you're gonna get (laughs) i think that's probably the exciting part of of what uh we do is is the surprise part of it yeah, you know, when it almost feels like, especially when I'm doing like swirls or like two color swirls and everything, um, that feels like Christmas when I'm I'm demolding <laughs> them because I'm like I don't know how this went in the mold because my my molds are opaque, so I'd love to see how this swirls. Yeah, and then you just open it up, and you're like, oh, that looks so awesome. So yeah, That's, um, so let's let's talk then. It's with how difficult you're getting. Uh, it seems like you're right on the cusp of production because next step past a certain difficulty is 
for sure just production stuff and so um if that's true or if you're looking to get like even more difficult what's next for carolina cool cat um well (laughs) i think the only uh hesitation that i I have not gotten into uh, manufacturing yet is money because it is very expensive yeah um I <laughs> that's the thing I'm trying to figure out now is like do I want to crowdfund do I want to just save it up myself um it's really it's really hard for me and not everybody understands it um I would totally get a second job mm-hmm. right now and do my art in the evening um cuz I was working a a job that I hated at a pizza restaurant in town um I was my ex uh I think she manages it now. I don't know. Um, but uh, she got me that job, and I thought it was going to be, you know, it's a smaller town, uh, this, you know, small pizza place and everything. It's going to be fine. But the weekends were crazy. Mm-hmm. And just the weekends themselves would drain me. And I was getting really down on myself because I had people, you know, asking me to do commissions, you know, commission sculpt for them. I even, I think I was working on Anchor Fist at the time, but I still wasn't practicing enough. So, like, 2021, because I was working at this new job that would take so much energy out of me, I was hardly getting anything done. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this sounds a little bit rambly, but there's a reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, just pretty much that entire year until, you know, shit hit the fan there. And the manager that I really liked left. And they got another manager that was, like, half-assing everything. He didn't know what, what he was doing. A really nice guy, but he did not know what he was doing. And my girlfriend, who worked at the um, sister company to uh, the place I was working at, she broke up with me. So I was like, obviously, you know, I'm not going to work anywhere near there. But before that, I was like, I quit or I gave my my notice because I had a similar choir coming up in in um in 22. Mm-hmm. And um I was like that that is really special to me. I like this community that I'm, you know, dipping my toes into right now. And if I don't deliver for this show or if, you know, I make, you know, stuff that shit for this show, mm-hmm. I'm not going to forgive myself for it because of this damn job. Um, so I put in my, my notice and I left November of that year and my girlfriend broke up with me in December and that entire December, January into February that I was making stuff was like my morning time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, for that breakup. And that really, I was like, I'm not going to get into a situation again. you know, I'd rather live with my parents that are cool with everything that I do than you know work myself to death and not be creative at this other job um and it's really really awkward when you're in a small town and the city near you is even small and everybody knows each other that you know you don't associate with certain people anymore and you know you don't want to really work at places around here because you don't want to see these people and you don't want to want to associate yeah. with them and talk to them. So that's the reason I'm not having another job right now and saving up and also doing my art is because there's no place around me that I feel like I'd be comfortable working 
and or I wouldn't hate, you know. Yeah. Um so I'm I'm really trying to either move somewhere that I could get a job and start saving up money, a better place for me mentally. Oh. <laughs> Um, or I had to think about crowdfunding or getting investors or something like that, which is crazy to me. Um, but yeah, I really, that was way longer than it needed to be, but, um, I really think the next, I'm still, I have a couple, uh, more character designs that I really want to do, sculpt yeah. myself and do in resin. Cause there's certain things that I think production can't do, um, mm-hmm. I mean, within reason. Um, and, you know, I really like the aesthetics of resin and swirls and stuff like that. Um, so, I, like I said earlier, I don't really think I'll ever stop doing resin um, because I enjoy it so much. Uh, but, <clears throat> yeah, I think as far as the future goes, definitely um, I would love to get into the Glyos family. I've I've made connections in there already with a couple of dudes, including Matt Dowdy, and just a super super great community. Um, a lot like the the bootleg community, very welcoming and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely yeah, think those are the I next think, steps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we need to figure that out because I know that like that figure, this anchor fist. There's something more coming. And now it's just like, what is it? Now we're all waiting, like, what what's happening? So that's I can't wait to see what happens with that. Um, and I'm I'm pumped to see that like you already kind of have a game plan of like maybe this is the route that we're going. I mean, investors, hey, I don't know what that looks like, but I'm willing to help invest in Anchor Fist any day. Oh, wow. um, I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 incredible. Um with all of that stuff, uh, you've been to Assembly Required multiple times, uh, right? Two times so far, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I've attended um, early 2020. It's hard to believe, but 2020, yeah. before everything hit the fan over here in the U.S., um, they had it in uh, at a place, and that was my first time going because I – I was dabbling. I was. I had my own like uh, cool cat figure that I was trying to cast. It was not working out for me. I was really down trying on myself. Yeah. And, but I was still really, really interested in the community, and I still really liked what people were making. So I was like, I really want to go to this, um, and see if this is something that I want to really continue with. You know, because that was my first time being around other people that did it. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, anybody out there, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I am the only guy on this part of Eastern North Carolina that does resident figures. You know, I know people that do it in Asheville and west of me, but there's nobody in my area or even east from me that that does this that I that I know of. Yeah. So going to Assembly Required in 2020, um, I met a lot of people. Uh, feigned base um marty he i talked to him for a little bit and you know he encouraged me to keep on doing it um mm-hmm. i bought my first figure from him there and uh fault Idol toys nate um he talked to me probably the longest um there really encouraged
discouraging. He was like, yeah, everybody wastes money on this. When they first start out, don't get worried about it. Um, I was asking them about a pressure pot because, like, I had just learned about it before I went to the show. And I was like, but I hear that certain people are, like, worried about pressure pots exploding. (laughs) And then then he was like, yeah, it happens, but not very often. It probably wouldn't kill you and everything. So I was like, thanks, thanks. I'll definitely consider that. So I think I went home, like, in a couple weeks after, got my first pressure pot. so yeah, I think you know, I I didn't I did not meet uh Matt the curator then. Um I don't really think I knew who he was at that point. But um just being around the people for the first time in person, the community, I would say, um really cemented the fact that I wanted to be a part of it and be a part of the scene. You know, I thought all oh, these guys were super cool, you know, tatted up. You know, some of the guys were musicians. I was like, man, I, I really want to be part of this scene. And uh, so I think that's a big reason that I did not quit doing this was my, my trip going to to Asheville um, early 2020. And, man, it was like right when we got home from that trip, it was like everything in the United States shut down. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, when we were in Asheville, the first cases started popping up on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And we knew, we were like, okay, something's about to happen. Uh, but that was back when they were like, oh, this is only going to last a couple of weeks. You know, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Um, unreal. Yeah, uh, then my first time actually displaying um, and first time buying art toys in person. <laughs> that's crazy that you have one of mine. Yeah, I got that from Mr. Dan. Dang. I traded him for it. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. I love I love um, Matt Reba, so I was stoked to Dude, get that. That's um, such a funny piece. I had <laughs> elephants, and I didn't know what to do with the elephants. <laughs> uh, yeah, I spied that uh, when I was walking around, and th- I d- I did not do enough walking around uh, that that first show I displayed at because I was like, I was uh, I was tired as hell. First of yeah. all, because uh, I we're five hours away from Asheville. Yeah, we still drive and everything. So I was tired from the night before. I had just uh, met um, Wonky and discussing Justin that night, and pretty much everybody there for the first time. And I said, I'm going to go back to the hotel room and get some good sleep before the show in the morning. And you know, we were there at the bar talking, you know, probably till like eleven o'clock at night. <laughs> And so I didn't get enough sleep, but it was worth it. Um, I was very tired, but I, I think for my first show, I did very well. And uh, I think I'm always awkward when I'm in person, but, you know, hindsight's, you know, 2020. Yeah. Uh, so you just learn from it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, that was a great show. Uh, it was a beautiful venue at uh, Wicked Weed. Um, that's where I met Matt, the curator. I guess when I really first start, started talking to him and he was really, really encouraging and, you know, he got emotional when I told him, I said, when I came here in 2020, you know, that this is what made me not quit doing this, you know, and this carried me through the pandemic, you know, because everybody got, you know, in certain points got pretty low during the pandemic. And I, I really thought that the resin scene and making really helped me get my mind off things, you know, and you know, having those deep conversations with him and everything really was really nice. And um, 
then this year happened. It was great. Great Eagle. Awesome. Uh, seeing everybody again. It's almost like a family reunion, but with people that you want to see and hang out with. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I love it. Um, I've only been to a, a one other show uh, that's Toy Pizza Con in New York, um, but I really like Assembly Required because, first of all, it's in North Carolina. <laughs> Um, even though Asheville is a totally different area for me, uh, it's it's definitely curated for artists. Just you, you go anywhere, there's murals and everything. I fell in love with Asheville. Um, you know, it's it's very stimulating for me when I go, and um, it's it's. I think all all the artists struggle with this, but you have the you know, you come down off that high when when you're with your people. You're hanging out with your friends that do the same thing that you do. You're talking, you know, shop. You're talking about materials. You're talking about technical stuff all weekend, and then you come home to your to your place, your area, and nobody else does what you do. And it's yeah, it's always a sort of drop down. Yeah, <laughs> coming back from a show like that. It's like that going to and I met con. I met uh, Brian from uh, from Toys Alive. Um, Heck this yeah. Year. And uh, he flew all the way from California, and I was I was like, can't get more badass than that. And um, great seeing him. Yeah, it's just a great time. I'm that's I'm so, so looking forward sick. to it next year. Yeah, that's so rad. Uh, yeah, I, I, Brian's cool. I got to hang out with him at Designer Con, walked around. That's all, the all that. Stuff. Yeah. Um, the, he caught this like the there's a moment in the while I was at Designer Con where I saw, um. I saw Wes from Last Bastion. And I like saw him and I gave him a hug and he like picked me up. Like I'm a, big, you up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big guy. And he still yeah. was like, and it was just, I met him through the podcast and through this scene and they like him and Chris have become good friends and um, they're just cool. They're good people. And so it's like this, I, I fully, that's what I love about this show is that when you talk about how good those places are, I get it. I get because I, I understand it. That's why I do what I do because of how good they are. So, dude, I, we're we're pumped that you kept going in 2020. I am too, trust me. I, yeah. I'm glad I, despite certain people in my life telling me, you know, uh, can you actually make a living at this? Not my family. Yeah. Um, other people. You know, and then at one point, people saying, you know, it, it, people are always going to talk shit, you know. And, always. And it's, it's weird when you consider, or I used to consider people friends, and you, you look back on what they said about what you do, and you're like, oh, that was that was actually kind of disrespectful what they said, you know, because oh. I was like, I was being, I was being really serious about this, and I think ever since I started, I have, have sort of looked at it not as just a hobby is like if yo if i can make a living doing this and people that do this for a living mm -hmm. have told me that i can why shouldn't i try and then you know i get something you know somebody saying you know oh well art isn't a job or ah. you know, people talking about how their jobs are going and then saying oh grant doesn't have a job and you know i mean just you know, they're out of my life now, and that's what matters. Yeah, there's nothing <laughs> you know. more disrespectful 
when than when you go to like a family thing and people know what you do and they're like, hey, how are the toys? And you're like, that seems condescending. Like that seems brutal. Uh, I just have chalked it up to they don't understand. Like what yeah. you and I have been talking about, they have no concept. Um, but that's that's so funny, dude. I get that. Like it's like that with the podcast. Like people are like, oh, what's it about? And I'm like, oh, I I, I spend my time either doing toy history or interviewing artists or and they're like, why? What would you I'm like? Great. Thanks. Move on. Yeah. Just just move on. Yeah. Um, dude, I'm pumped that you were that you were able to come on today. Um, the last part of the podcast um, is just a, a moment for you to kind of plug everything you've got going on and coming up. But like I said, in the beginning, you're the first one. That's just a stop for this. And we're going to do something a little different called the nitty gritty. Um, yeah. Plug away, do that. And then we'll spend the next 20 minutes that if they want access to, they got to either go to Patreon or something else to figure it out. So like plug away. All right. Um, I'm Carolina. Uh, that's not right anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I am a cool cat toy co. Um, I have a new figure out now um, named Bushy Koi. He is a samurai merman. Um, I'm having a release of him very soon. There will be a lot of him at uh, a similar acquired in uh, Asheville in February next year. Um, uh, more figures other than <laughs> Bushy Koi will be there too. Anchorfish is making a return. Um, Wash should be there in a couple forms, uh, Moss Thing, uh, stuff like that. You can find me at Instagram, um, at toy at Cool Cat Toy Co. Um, I have nothing else. Uh, my website, <laughs> uh, where I do most of my drops on is carolinacoolcat.com. Um, and yeah, I usually post about any time I'm doing a drop um a couple of days before so if you're interested in my stuff um yeah keep a keep an eye out there's always something coming down the pipeline mm -hmm.